Hey, Mike. Hi, Caleb. How are you doing? I'm doing quite well. How about yourself? Uh, it, it's quite hot, uh, as, as you might uh, guess. Uh, it is going to be a recurring theme uh, through the summer, but uh, we suffer for our art. Um, what are you drinking tonight? I was uh, inspired by you recently, by so I'm having a Negroni. Excellent, excellent. I am having the same thing, and it is not a conspiracy or a coincidence. It is Negroni Week this week. We are mm. we are kicking off Negroni Week. I went with the classic Negroni variation. Uh, I went with the uh, I'm using some Plymouth Gin, uh, mm-hmm. obviously some Campari, and I went with a blend. I went with half uh, Carpano Antica Vermouth and half Punti Mess. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm going with a little more, a uh, little more complexity in my vermouth. How about you? Uh, yeah, I have a one-one-one ratio uh, Negroni. So I've got the one uh, ounce of Campari. I have one ounce of the Half Moon Bay gin, so local gin, and then I have the lower tier uh, Martini sweet vermouth. All right. Yeah. yeah. Still tasty though. Uh, uh, cl- and, uh, oh, and I put a little grapefruit bitters in there just for for fun. Oh, geez, you went off the reservation already. Mm-hmm. Man, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna like later this week go with some Negroni variations, but I, I just went classic to to start the week. All right. So this episode, <laughs> uh, we wanted to give a little bit behind the curtain on uh, the VIP Tesla event. Yeah, we're going uh, a little bit meta here. We are. So if you are not interested in some very fine details about the event and our impressions of the Model 3 in person, uh, you may choose to skip this episode. But We can provide we... some other podcast recommendations in the show notes. Yeah. How, how was uh, WWDC? Anyways. Um, <laughs> a lot of new things. HomePods. Yeah. Um, so uh, this will be pretty uh, detailed about what we can share about the experience uh, on the VIP tour and then also... Uh, first-hand experiences seeing the Model 3 Alpha prototype and, you know, what, if anything, has changed about our opinion and what we could glean. Uh, we reached out to folks on Twitter, uh, our own Twitter account, to see if there was anything people were curious about. So we have some notes for some of those. But, um, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll dig into that. So Caleb first, did not get called on for to ask a question at the Q&A, unfortunately. We'll get to that. We'll get to oh, that. Oh, okay. Sorry. Spoiler alert. Or so, or, or a tease, maybe. Tease, yes. Was okay. I called on? We'll find out. Um, <laughs> doom, doom, doom. Just don't rewind. Um, so we were uh, graciously invited by uh, two fellows over at Tesla Geeks, um, which is a YouTube channel reviewing a bunch of Tesla stuff uh, from Texas. So they were very nice to add us on, uh, and they were very fun to hang out with uh, throughout the day. So shout out to the Tesla Geeks on uh, YouTube if you want to check them out. Definitely. Fun day. Yeah. So we, uh, I picked you up around uh, 10.50 in the uh, morning. That's very precise. We drove uh, about 30 minutes or so over to the Fremont factory area. <laughs> wow, this is very precise. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I was wearing uh, some smart Levi's 501s so for uh-huh. the factory tour and a uh, collared Uniqlo uh, polo shirt. <laughs> Yeah, I had uh, I had some khakis on and uh, camera. I'm not sure what level shirt. of detail we're supposed to be going into here. No, you, no, no, you're going is... very, very precise here. Well, uh, so I mean, for people who couldn't attend, I mean, I think uh, there was there was a long point of time when I didn't think we were going to be able to even go to this event. So I was really curious about what it was going to be like. So decided to be kind of neat to to run people through as much as we can about stuff that Tesla probably won't be upset about us talking about. So uh, okay, we're going to dance around the NDA. Was, 
Yeah, the location was not actually at the factory for the first bit for us. Uh, there was a lunch that was actually at a, a facility that they use for training purposes. Uh, which It's is, like right across the street from the factory. Yeah, across the street. So we uh, showed up there and uh, we checked in and we signed the NDA on iPad. So we won't be able to go into a ton of detail about what was said, but I think it's pretty fair for us to be able to talk about our impressions, things oh, that are from our own brain. You skipped a step. We, we picked up the Tesla geeks first and oh, right. then, uh, then drove over, but we did notice the... Uh, large number of teslas in the parking lot of the hotel they were staying at and yes. they told us that apparently that was nothing compared to what it was the day before apparently there's just been a lot of teslas at this i mean it's the largest closest hotel to the factory so i, I guess they must get a lot of teslas there right and we were uh going on we went on saturday so there was a they did the event for over two days um so two separate days essentially so they had a friday event and then they had a saturday event so we were on the saturday event so a lot of people who went friday stayed at this hotel and were hanging out afterwards so um yeah that hotel was uh, swarmed with with teslas so we we checked in we got a nice little badge uh, which i think i shared a photo of on on our twitter account which we got to keep we did get to keep very unusual usually uh, when you visit tech companies they make you return your badge um so that was kind of cool um so then we go in and we have what they described as a gourmet lunch and uh i would say it felt a lot like uh, a nice wedding um <laughs> it did there was no dance floor but I, I was waiting for some sort of best man speech to to happen it had a very wedding vibe to it yeah, in a good way, I would say. I yeah, mean, yeah. as good of a as a wedding as you could hope. I mean, it wasn't just like sandwiches and chips or something. It was it was nice. It was good, high quality food, tasty. Ate there was it. there was no chicken cordon bleu. No, there, yeah, there, it wasn't it wasn't a eighties uh, wedding. It was, it was you know mid two thousand style wedding. It was good. Totes uh, classy. It was, and um, so we ate and uh, had some other folks who were uh, big Tesla fans uh, in, in the room and seeing, seeing fellow Tesla podcasters and um, YouTubers was sort of interesting. Um, and then, <laughs> A lot of people with cameras with boom mics on top, like recording yeah, Teslas and yeah, some sort of seeing the sausage being made. Yes, for the, for the, for the vloggers um, who were there. And so the like Tesla folks were there and Ryan McCaffrey from Ride the Lightning was there and, and a, a few other folks, um, Trevor Page from uh, Model 3 Owners Club was there the day before. So that was kind of neat just seeing some of those folks and talking with them and um, talking to some folks who listened to the show. So that was great. Yeah, it was uh, really cool getting to meet everyone. And it was definitely a very... Uh, diverse group of people i mean there were kids there there were young families um people in probably retirement age there um all sorts of different folks um and people had come from all over the globe to attend this event so yeah i think um, what australia was the furthest right they they were they had a little call out for the people who were there from the from the furthest away and it was some folks from Sydney, maybe, or, or somewhere around that area. Yeah, and then some people from the Netherlands came, and so yeah, it was a it was not just people who live in California uh, who who attended. So we were very fortunate. We just you know twenty minute drive over there, not <laughs> not much skin off our back to go. Um, yeah, we had the least impressive journey to get there. Yeah, we told some people we're from Palo Alto or Redwood City, and they're like, "Oh, that's pretty close, isn't it?" Yeah, yep, <laughs> that's like ten, pretty close. It's ten miles away, and about eight of that was bridge. So yeah, yeah it's not very exciting. Not too exciting. So. Uh, Franz von Holzhausen, the uh, head of design at Tesla, who was previously a GM and Audi, uh, VW, uh, worked on the new Beetle, uh, worked on the Sky and Roadster, the Sky Roadster and the uh, Pontiac Solstice, um, which were uh, Roadster vehicles at GM. Uh, and then he also worked at Mazda most recently. 
uh, before he joined Tesla. He sort of talked about uh, his design inspiration and, and uh, history with Tesla. One thing yeah. they said was, you know, not going to talk about unannounced products. And so they <laughs> said uh, that right at the beginning, right at the beginning. And so that really um, took a little bit of the air out of the room for folks um, because uh, for folks named Caleb. A lot of folks wanted to talk about Model 3 and design decisions and details about that. And uh, so it was made very clear that was not gonna, going to happen. So um, <laughs> I thought the weirdest part was I, I had no knowledge previously of Franz. And, you know, he's, his name is like, what, Franz von Holstig or something? Holshausen, yeah. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, whatever it is. And, you know, I had a total like sound of music thing in my head where I was expecting an extremely German person to walk out and, and start with the, ah, das, I am Franz and this is my car or, or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. That, that's a, that's a terrible German impression, but uh, yeah, uh, but it wasn't, it was, it was just an American dude. Yeah. He, uh, he grew up in Connecticut. So shout out to fellow Connecticut. I grew up in Connecticut. Um, and then he went to college out here in, uh, in, well, in California, in Los Angeles. Um, and then he joined Tesla in 2008. Um, so he was there pretty early on and started working on the Model S. Um, and so there's, there's interviews of Franz available online if you want to dig in more into his history and background. Um, I thought but, it was funny uh, that he worked in Germany. Do you think he had problems with people thinking that he was like a German person when he was in Germany? I, I do believe that probably <laughs> happens a lot for him, especially being a car I'm, I'm clearly, designer. I'm clearly fixated on this. I, I apologize. Especially being a car designer, because it is a uh, Germany is a large percentage of cars, uh, especially car design. Um, right. It's like they're one of their things they're known for. Right. Yeah, exactly. So I, I he he definitely made some jokes about that. Um, <laughs> don't think that's and too, I'm stuck too on secret. it. So yeah. I, I apologize. Um, so. Uh, asked, answered some questions uh, that were pre-screened that people submitted. So I submitted a bunch of questions, um, and most of them were about Model Three and design process. And didn't <laughs> I, I can say pretty confidently there, there's nothing about Model Three that was revealed that we cannot share that you would want to know. No, and it, it kind of felt like a little bit like the fix was in on some of those pre-screen questions, where a lot of them were variations of "How did you end up designing such awesome cars?" or they were very uh, congratulatory, I guess. How, how could other people be as awesome as you are? How could yeah. <laughs> how did you get to be so st- awesome? Yeah. <laughs> it was fine. It was fine. I, I thought um, they were all very considered and thoughtful answers. Um, yeah, yeah, his answers were good. Yeah, so not revealing the contents of the answers, but the style, give him high style points for uh, for that. And um, Yeah, it was fun hearing him just kind of riff on, even though the, the questions were kind of funny, kind of PR-approved questions, uh, hearing him just kind of riff off the cuff was really cool. Yeah, and I think some people have uh, described in other places on the internet what questions were asked, so we will not do that here, uh, but there are probably ways you can find out on the internet what questions were asked and some general vibes of the answers. Um, if you are so inclined uh but i do not believe that is strictly necessary for you to get a ton of info on tesla uh, most of this information was available previously um so then we went uh we were exiting lunch and uh we took some photos and they were very strict about not taking photos but they did let us take a couple photos once that part was done uh so we posted a photo and people seemed to be quite <laughs> uh bemused and befuddled 
by our uh, appearance. So if you <laughs> I don't have, know how to take that. I know. If you have some impression of what we look like and you like that, do not go to our Twitter feed uh, because you will be crushed at how we actually look. So and, and to be to be uh, to be did clear, not expect that kind of reaction. No, no. And and some people have pointed out too that I, it looks like I should be wearing glasses. And, and just to to clarify, I usually do wear glasses. I'm wearing them right now. I just put my contacts on because we were going over to the East Bay and it was going to be sunny. So I want to be able to wear sunglasses. So that's why I, I do not have glasses on. Um, but yeah, I am, I am not in fact a soccer hooligan, uh, which apparently one person, one person said <laughs> that, that it looked great. like I should have a thick British accent and be a soccer hooligan. Uh, oh, I, I'm not sure what the connotation of that is. That's positive or negative. I, it feels a little bit negative, but you know, maybe I'm a good natured hooligan. I don't know. Maybe it's uh, just a huge juxtaposition. Of yeah. I mean, clearly expected. I just, I need to update up, up my diet game and, and exercise regime a little bit. So, you know, it's been a long winter. It's been a long winter folks. Uh, yeah. Uh, so then we we drove over to the factory um, where we were going to have the factory tour. And just, we had our and cameras was, ready the whole way over, but we did not see a Model 3 drive by us this time. Right. We did not see any Model 3s uh, exiting the factory area, so nothing, nothing this time. <laughs> so as we had described in a previous episode, we had uh, been very fortunate to go on a factory tour in the past few months. Um, and unfortunately, again, this factory tour was also under NDA and they're very particular about the NDA for the factory tour. So, um, what I will say (laughs) is, uh, I'm glad we had had other factory tours because they don't produce cars on every day. Um, and so there were less activity happening. Um, (laughs) I will say that the Delta between our last factory tour and this factory tour was noteworthy yes the amount of without talking about what i saw the amount of things that i saw were very different uh as though a lot of things had been done in the interim is that vague enough yeah it was not the same factory we visited before no and more it's the same physical location yes (laughs) I, i stopped myself right there i was yeah okay no it's a losses. puzzle wrapped in an enigma. Um, and uh, <laughs> wheels are in motion. I am very excited to tour the factory again shortly, even though we have no scheduled tours, um, because I would like to continue to see these slices of time that we have gotten. Um, so that was uh, it, it was definitely uh, fun to go on the tour again. And every time uh, you get to notice little new details um, that you either missed or knew. So if anyone in the audience listening has the ability to do a factory tour, is an owner and has not done a tour, highly, highly recommend if you have the chance to go do a tour. Um, and if you don't uh, and you are curious, there are videos of the Tesla factory on YouTube and uh, programs uh, like National Geographic and and Science Channel just did one um, about the factory that have been sanctioned by Tesla and approved. So you can get a flavor of what the factory is like i think there was uh, wasn't there a local news uh crew that got in there and had something uh, last year i think yeah i think that sounds right yeah so um, if, you, if you google for that you'll you'll probably find it um yeah yeah it was interesting and without revealing anything it was really interesting as you alluded to earlier the difference between uh the first time we went was on a weekday while like production was in full swing and this time was on a weekend when apparently there is a lull in production and 
I guess other things are happening. And I don't know if it was because it was a weekend tour or because it was the VIP tour, but there was a, a different route that the, the a more comprehensive route, I would say, that the uh, tour went on this time. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, I guess it's worth getting a, a couple of uh, different slices. Yeah, and I would I guess I would also say that for folks who do not believe Tesla is, makes many cars or is some sort of Ponzi scheme, <laughs> it, it, they very clearly do make cars and a lot of them. There is a lot of stuff there. If you're outside the factory on on you know, on Tesla property when you're not under the NDA just looking at the supercharger area and like the where they've got a lot of cars staged for delivery and and just sort of hanging out, it was the most Teslas I've ever seen, even though I've been to the factory. I mean, it, there were so many vehicles outside the factory uh, where you could just publicly drive up to get your, you know, if you're a Tesla owner to supercharge, you would see all these Teslas out there in every color and permutation of interior. Uh, and it was insane how many <laughs> vehicles were out there. So and we um, say that as people who live and work in Silicon Valley and see a lot of Teslas on a daily basis, and it was noteworthy that there were even more Teslas by our standards. Yes, exactly. No, I mean, I, I was uh a gas i mean there's just so many teslas and like just lines and lines of people in teslas teslas parked brand new ones ready to be delivered or picked up and <laughs> it was it was really uh crazy so we wrap up the tour um and then we exited into this the, to what is usually the delivery center so if you do pick up at the factory uh your car would be waiting in this sort of showroom area for you to pick up and then there's a big garage door where uh, or sort of sliding door maybe that you drive the car out and then you leave the factory. Uh, but today, uh, the day they were doing the, the uh, event, uh, they had a uh, blue, uh, they had a Model S uh, there and they also had the Alpha Model 3 and they were roped off and uh, the ropes were, we found out, uh, I think like five <laughs> or six feet um, distance from the vehicle four and a half once you once you like sidled up and pushed it a little bit <laughs> yeah exactly once you crane a little bit um and uh yeah so we were able to see it and so just so it's super clear <clears throat> the vehicle that was there uh that was very clearly communicated to and the public sort of knows this now was an alpha vehicle so it was the same silver car that people got to ride in at the launch event uh, last year in March. And so uh, the next sort of statements about the car are about a car that many people have ridden in, many people have photographed. Tesla has shown off at their own parties, has let be photographed. Motor Trend has photographed. So there's nothing proprietary or new about our impressions about this vehicle. Um, it is not a, a new vehicle that was, you know, a release candidate or anything. It was something they'd shown off for the past year. So um, they just didn't let you take any photos or videos of it. Um, and I'm not exactly sure why, uh, since it has been photographed so much <laughs> and they've allowed it to be on the cover of a major autom automobile magazine. But yeah, that it's was their weird. prerogative. It's their prerogative. So, uh, so now moving to my impressions about the Model Three Alpha, maybe influenced by <laughs> seeing it in person, maybe not. Maybe I've just looked at a lot of photos. Um, I would <laughs> say very vivid imagination. My imagination makes me believe that hypothetically, it looks like an extremely futuristic car if you were to see it in person. Um, that it has a presence 
that uh, be mm, sort of is not actually what you would expect for a small air quotes car. That in comparison to a Model S, the Model 3 being pitched as a small car, I think can make you believe it's going to be a tiny car in some way. And actually a small car relative to a Model S is still a relatively large car. And uh, <laughs> imagining it in person is, and, and sort of being in the same physical space, it takes up a lot of actual physical space. Um, so yeah. my, I would not be concerned if you think, oh, it's going to seem tiny, like a little Yaris or, I mean. It, it, <laughs> it's not a smart you, car. <laughs> no, not in any way. And it doesn't seem or exude small compact car uh as a vehicle no no is that the same reaction you had yeah yeah i mean my 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 impression uh i i think it was really helpful that there was an s parked right next to it because you could immediately do some sort of compare and contrast just kind of like looking from one to the other and what i thought was interesting about the three is that it it had a sort of sportier feel to it uh it made the s look more like a kind of a lumbering touring sedan i guess um and i i in in thinking about it i think what what really struck me was that the it had what seemed like a lower body so like the the mm -hmm. body portion so like you know the the metal panels like the the trunk the frunk the doors it was all a lot lower than the model 3 it didn't come up as high than the model and, s I'm sorry, as the as the Model S, yeah, uh, but it was almost as tall, so that meant that the sort of glass area was taller. Uh, it was than 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 the uh, proportionally speaking, the glass area was taller than the glass area on the Tesla, and it kind of reminded me of when you look back at like old cars from the '70s, like especially when you look back at like a BMW 2002, which is probably one of like my favorite vehicles. <laughs> it has a remarkably tall cabin. Uh, and a very low, like, metallic body. And it just has this kind of, I don't know, like, panoramic look to it, where you have a lot of glass there, and you're just sitting up tall. Um, and that's kind of what the Model 3, uh, you know, to a lesser extreme, struck me as. It it just looked, I, I interpret that as, as, like, looking a little sportier. What did you think? Yeah, I, the... The belt line, I think, which is like the term that car designers use, uh, yeah, where, where the glass of the windows meets the door panels was lower. And a current trend in cars is to raise that up. Um, so like the, uh, I think so, sort of starting with the Chrysler 200 and then the Chargers and all these retro Mustangs have a <laughs> yeah, very- Yeah, they look like little- tanks or or the right. like the iron side little like boats from the civil war where there's just like you know all metal and this tiny little slit that you look out of yeah exactly that that trend is not the case with the model 3 that the amount of glass you have is quite exaggerated and and larger and i think the way they pull it off without it feeling like a jetson's bubble car is that the body panels have a fair amount of sculpture to them and because it scoops pretty low to the ground as well that it moves your eye along the, the path of the car and also inside the vehicle uh because the dash is lower and shorter uh you you don't have a lot of stuff that you're looking out inside the vehicle, your eye just sort of passes through. And then also the roof being so much glass was also extremely uh, appealing because there's not a lot of lines 
uh, to, to break up, um, what you're looking at. And so, yeah, my impression as well was that the model S just looked kind of inflated in a way. <laughs> and, and I always say like the model X feels like an inflated model S and it really feels like they just took sort of a chisel to the model S and chiseled away a lot of the body. Um, and even the way the hood scoops down a lot more aggressively, the hood right. is shorter, which usually makes a car look less attractive like long hoods are usually sort of a, a good way to get the proportions you want but because it scoops down it has much more of a um 911 kind of vibe and the way that the headlights are sculpted up on the actual uh roof uh, sorry on the um uh the hood instead of along the side like the tesla uh the model s it sort of compresses the um uh, the hood, the hood can scoop downwards and still retain a lot of visible like hoodness. Um, <laughs> yeah, the lines almost. I, I, I think like I said this at the time. It compresses into a V better. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of reminded me a little bit of what the nose of the Roadster was going with. I mean, obviously right, exactly. not not as sleek as as like that actual sports car, but had that a similar kind of vibe to it. And the windshield also was interesting because because it was side by side, you could see that the windshield appears to go further up um, the vehicle because the uh, wind the rear view mirror seems to be mounted more on the glass of the windscreen on the Model Three than it does on the Model S, and so that the uh, pillar that would be above your head. Um, is probably a little bit further back. So it may feel a little bit like the Model X in that sort of panoramic glass above your eye line versus the Model S, which looks like you're looking out of a windscreen instead of just sort of being absorbed in the, in the air. And so that was really cool to see that uh, I really love in the Model X that the glass goes all the way over your head. And in the Model 3, it doesn't go all the way over your head, but it does look like it might go a little bit more than the Model S, which was <laughs> quite nice to see. Um, yeah, although they didn't let us get close enough or sit in it, in which case you could have given a, a exactly. more, a more full account of that. Sure. Yeah. What did you think of the dashboard and the screen from the angles we could see it? Uh, well, the screen's big. Uh, not to say that it's like, you know, absolutely large, but like relative to everything else in there, it, it, it's, it's quite a, a formidable uh, presence, uh, which we've noticed as we've seen the, the Model 3 drive around. It's one of the first things you notice, like other than the nose, you notice the screen like poking out. Yeah. Um, it's large. Um, I noticed it was only center anchored. It looked like it had an anchor to the dashboard that was like maybe like four to six inches across. Uh, so like the whole screen isn't bolted. It, it kind of comes down to like a, a little mount area. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was really it was really interesting to see such a minimal design uh, i mean i knew obviously we've seen photos of it and it's been talked about but like seeing it in person really drove home how minimal it looks and i think kind of i mean one of the words that that was used a, a few times in the q a just talking like generally speaking about car design was timeless uh and i think like part of what you can get there like the less you do i guess the more likely you are to achieve timelessness because mm -hmm. you're, you know, like the more you try and fill things in, the more like dated it could end up looking. Whereas like, you know, uh, uh, like for instance, like a, a plain wood table is timeless, right? Because it's a plain wood table. But once you actually start introducing lots of wood carvings or something, then you might date it to a certain period. And by being sort of a blank canvas, sort of tabla rasa sort of thing, it, it, it 
I don't know. I, I think that probably goes a lot more towards achieving the timelessness that they're going for, or or maybe like maybe timeless might be a little grandiose, but like you know, kind of less datedness. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. That, that was. What did you think? Yeah, the seeing how low the dashboard was and short it was in person was great. Um, I'm very excited about that. I feel like visibility out of most cars is poor, especially out the front, which is where you really need to be looking all the time. And so being able to see the road and see the car and just have more aperture, I think is one reason why people really like SUVs is because they're up. And so when they're looking, when their view is better because they can actually see more in front of them because they're angled down looking out so that they can just see more i think the model 3 is going to have a really great aperture for looking out the front which is going to make it seem much more open and sort of have a better uh driving dynamic than sedans where you sort of feel like you're maybe on the ground and you can't really see over the hood and a lot of sedans don't have great dynamics for for visibility out the front so i like that a lot Seeing the screen, one thing that really struck me was how close the edge, the left edge of the of the screen is to the right of the steering wheel. Yeah. And so if you're sitting in the driver's seat, I think you're going to have total visibility onto that left quadrant of the screen, like no problem. Like it would, we, we were able to go sort of around the car a little bit and sort of see it from the uh, back quarter view. So sort of looking at it through the rear view passenger or driver passenger window sort of look into the car and the driver's side window was down and from that vantage point the screen looks like it's almost touching the steering wheel yeah like it's extremely close by and the other thing was that um it's just square so straight it's not angled towards the driver or angled towards the passenger unlike the model s and x which are both angled towards the driver um and so that was that was a different choice and we've known that but in person it's uh more obvious that you're it's um it's just straight like it's very precisely square perpendicular to the um uh to the driver yeah that's a little bit concerning given uh how given that we tried uh screens that were flat uh on the what was it the the bolt and the volt the bravo and the victor yep um and and yeah it's a little bit weird because I mean, obviously, as you look at it, because it's not angled towards you, you've got a little bit of a perspective effect going on. Uh, but also what I found was not only was it the visually weird, but just the the distance when you would go out to reach for it, the distance between where you're sitting and the screen is obviously it's different from one end to the other. And that's a little bit weird when you're interacting with a touch screen. Like you very rarely you don't go to your iPad and like turn it at like a 45 degree angle and try and use it. Right. Like it's a little bit weird to kind of judge the distance uh when when parts of the screen are further away than other parts so i yeah. don't know maybe that's just me but uh, it seems like that's a little bit weird and and also for a lot of lcds unless they're very high quality led backed ones the viewing angle uh may is often right. a big concern right and if you view a uh, lcd from an oblique angle oftentimes it will look very dark and you will be getting a lot of distortion in the colors because they just are intended to be represented and best viewed from zero degrees straight on um and so hopefully that's being taken into account uh that you're going to be viewing it from an angle as a driver and as a passenger and so the person who's going to have the best view of the screen is going to be the middle passenger in the back um uh, funnily enough um 
I guess one other thing, a couple other things that struck me um, is that because it is less wide, um, but the the wheelbase is is very similar, that the overhangs on the front and the back are like very noticeably different than the Model S. And so the hood rolls down very quickly near the front of the wheels, um, which gives it that sort of roadstery look, um, which was kind of interesting. It also means that, it, as many people know, it doesn't have the, the what has been affectionately called the mustache. The, the Tesla <laughs> logo, because it meets that um, flat part of the, of the um, fascia, uh, they've put the Tesla logo just flat on the hood of the of the car. Uh, and I know you thought that was a little odd. That was my complaint. Yeah. I, I thought that the, it just looked weird. Uh, it just kind of looked like a decal, a Chrome decal that had been applied. Uh, I thought they could have done something better. I thought both the kind of the material, the placement and the size all seemed a little bit, I don't know. It just, it kind of cheapened it. Uh, and I, I think just the, the nose of the vehicle is so unique that putting the T there is almost redundant. Uh, like obviously that's a Tesla model three cause no other vehicle in existence looks like that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you're, it's almost like it, it sort of betrays a little bit of insecurity to have to put the big T there, uh, instead of just letting it speak for itself. Uh, but you know, beyond that, I would, I personally would have preferred like maybe just maybe a little bit of a embossed T or something, maybe just dented into the metal, uh, something subtler or just like, like I say, just let the, the lines speak for themselves. Yeah, I can't think of many cars that don't have a front emblem, but it sort of reminded me of maybe like the Lamborghini. Um, yeah, the Lamborghini uh, usually ha- tends to have it right on the hood there, um, flat, like unlike uh, the the like Mercedes, which oftentimes will have the hood ornament, um, and having it on the hood instead of sort of on the front fascia, um, sort of interesting. I, I would also say that for folks who are concerned about the uh, the duck bill look, I don't know, the, the, the fact that the fascia is, is solid. Um, it did not look odd in person. And I've seen photos at different angles that make it look unappealing. And I've also felt like sometimes it looks odd compared to a model S or X. And in person, I did not fixate on that, uh, angle of the hood meeting the, uh, sort of vertical front grill, grillless grill. Um, yeah, I think it's, I mean, I don't know if I would say it didn't look odd because it definitely looked odd in that it's unusual and noteworthy, but it looked good. Yeah, it, it didn't look uh, bad to me. And, right. and I've seen photos of it that make it look bad Yeah, um, yeah. or make it look particularly worse than the Model S and X. Yeah, so I, I think say- because, it's, because it's solid, it relies on there being like sort of light and shadow to kind of like bring out its its shape and then the sort of sculpture of it and if it's really really flat lighting it's going to look a little bit weird but whenever you see it in reality there's you know light coming down there's going to be shadows cast and it very much shows you the shape that it is and yeah that i think that's my take on on why i think uh sometimes it looks weird in photos but looks good in real life yeah so that that is something i am no longer concerned about um being a ugly duckling part of the vehicle <laughs> the rear however does continues to be uh i think you had said it it sort of looks like from the back quarter if you were to just take a model x and shrink it down you could you could mistake the back for a model x and i continue to believe that <laughs> is the case and it yeah. really is just because they're trying to preserve so much headroom in the back that it can't come to a hood or sorry like a trunk 
uh, profile like a, a long sedan could. It just has to end, and it just ends abruptly, and, and so it has sort of an <laughs> SUV shape of a dome. Yeah, it has that kind of crossover look that that like uh, some of the vehicles have now. Uh, it kind of looks a little bit bloated, maybe. Um, and I thought, and, and the, like that's like kind of height wise. I think like when you look at it from the rear, where we were seeing it. It was almost indistinguishable from like an Audi. I thought. I thought it really the, from the rear looked like an Audi A3 or A4. Mm-hmm. Um, just yeah, the shape and the the tail lights, and it, it it was, which is to say, you know, unremarkable, but looks like a well designed car. Yeah, I would. I would also say that what you get from that is a lot of what looks like a fair amount of headroom for the the rear passengers. That yeah. the rear glass roof was uh, very impressive, uh, and looking at it through the windows uh, to try and get a sense of where the headrests are relative to the uh, roof, and also the side uh, pillars, um, it's like the cross members, it looks uh, slightly taller. Uh, more headroom than the rear of a Model S. Um, and because it, it a little bit more square, um, it doesn't look like you're going to have that sort of um, steep roof that you might have in like a salt shaker house or something. If you're on the top floor and you try and put your, try and stand in the corner of the room, you're going to hit your head. Like it, it's more squared <laughs> off. Um, salt, salt box house. So, sorry, salt box, not salt shaker. <laughs> I was like thinking like, wait, salt shaker, what? <laughs> I'm b- belying my uh, like a lighthouse. Do you live in a lighthouse? My New Englandness. Um, <laughs> so hopefully people understand what I mean there. But uh, yeah, yeah, did that make sense? Because you saw you saw the headrest as well. It looked like there's plenty of clearance for the side of your head. Like you're not going to hit the side if you're you know somewhat regular, normal, average size person. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my my big concern would be if if you go over some sort of bump and you're not uh, properly like seat belted in that like bump like going vertical and hitting your head on a on a glass automotive glass ceiling it's going to be a lot different than uh, a padded uh roof so uh, i don't know maybe that won't be an issue but i guess it depends on how much uh, sort of headroom there is oh one thing i missed from the front area was the vent uh the vent looks great in person uh so the, the hvac system apparently is all one big vent uh which they talked about at the reveal uh, test drives and in person it looks well built into the dash i guess i would say and it also looks <laughs> yeah. like there may be a louver in there that it almost looked like there was some chrome uh that was in between the vent that maybe would would uh, be movable not, not no way to confirm that right now whether or not that would actually move but we tried we, we looked at it from all sorts of different angles and tried to look through the windows of the model s that was parked next to it to see yeah. where we could see if it, where it was ending but it didn't look like it's just a like one or two inch gap it looks like it's maybe a one or two inch gap that has something else inside of it and it almost looked like it was aluminum or or metal trim on that in inner lever or louver um so yeah. or it could have just been light reflecting we we don't yeah. know but that was our guess yeah and uh i i couldn't see any buttons on the dash at all um yeah. and the rear two, the rear two, oh sorry god i was just gonna say that yeah the rear seat had a um uh an armrest folded down where the middle seat would be so you know yeah, and the steering wheel out. had two stock or two stocks one on either side coming out of the or wait the stock is the steering wheel thing whatever it had two little like arm switchy things. thingies yeah. yeah um 
And the door handles, no one opened any of the doors while we were there, um, but they're those J door handles that sort of are mechanical uh, instead of self-presenting like the Model S has. Um, they had one of the Model S like door, assemb- door handle assemblies uh, as they had a few areas where their various parts were displayed, uh, and that was one of them. It was interesting to see how complex that mechanism is. Yeah, that was uh, that was kind of cool, and seeing some of the motors out and getting to play with them, they're <laughs> extremely heavy and dense. We were tra- all trying to deadlift the uh, the rotor and then the the whatever the other thing is, the stator. There you go. From our AC induction motor episode, um, we were, we we were all that. somewhat successful to various degrees, but yeah, it's very heavy. Very heavy. Um, so I would say, in summary, summary of the Model Three that we got to see there, the Alpha. Um, I thought it looked very good. I think it had a very strong presence. It was larger than I was expecting. It was more aggressive and sculpted looking, um, like it had looked like on stage when they first showed it. And photos since have made it seem a little bit more flat. And I think that's really about the lighting and the cell phone cameras just really having a tough time capturing the fullness of a car. And I think one of the things uh, that's difficult about art and furniture and physical large physical objects is that cameras and static photos viewed at a few inches are really difficult to appreciate how that object actually exists in real space and when you sort of move your head around and can walk around it how it has a very different uh you know effect on you and i would say that the model 3 uh has that similar ability to impact you in a different way than the photos are able to, and I think because we all see Model S's and X's more frequently, we're able to map that feeling to the photos we see of them. But because I had never seen one besides the very short encounter uh, exiting the uh, Tesla headquarters in the factory, um, seeing it, you know, a foot or two, couple feet away, um, I'm very excited to have that be the next car that I have. I think it looks really sharp. I think it looks like it's futuristic. I think the styling of it is really solid and i think the amount of glass it has is really appealing um because there's just not a lot of paint work yeah yeah i think uh i think it, it really despite uh the uh repeated protestations that it is not the third version of a tesla uh it really does actually look like a third iteration like it's it's a further refinement it's a further reduction where they've removed things that aren't essential and it's just more of a distilled essence of of a Tesla, really. That's what it what it looks like. I mean, obviously, it's not going to outperform a Model S, but it looks like kind of an evolution. Uh, and I, th- I thought that was oh, that was pretty cool. And it was it was very apparent uh, looking at it side by side with the S that there was clearly like a, a shared lineage there, and and one of them clearly looked like it came before, and one of them clearly looked like it came afterwards with everything that was learned and sort of like any sort of design exercise, right? Where you just kind of remove everything that's not essential. Um, and that's kind of what it looked like. Um, and yeah. then it, the other, the only other disappointing thing was that apparently the silver color that was shown that it, it is featured in is actually a custom paint job for that. And it was one off yep. and is not exactly what it's going to look like, which I, I know uh, kind of bummed you out a bit. Yeah. I was hoping to get that silver and it apparently is a very custom silver paint that is very expensive to do and show cars do but is not a production level vehicle color so i'm um, still on the fence about which color i will get and i did not get to see it 
in the right color that I would want. So, but uh, color aside, what is your what is your sense for how you feel about your Model Three reservation? Are you are you gonna defer? Are you gonna take it right away? Like how are, how are you feeling? What's your excitement level? Oh, I'm I'm more excited. I feel like I was slightly under the impression that the it was going to feel like a baby Tesla. Um, and I don't, I don't fully know how to describe that except to say that because it is smaller and was going to be sort of this less expensive version, and most of the time when you get a less expensive version of a product, it has design choices that uh, make clear it is not the premium version. And I would say I prefer the exterior styling of the Model 3 over the Model S. Yeah, it seemed like a refinement and not like cutting corners. Yeah, that it, even if both were the same performance and same price, uh, I would choose the Model 3's exterior design and um, sculpture over the current Model S. That it matches more what I think looks like a good car um, than, than the Model S does to me. And I like the way the Model S looks, but I really like the way the Model 3 looks. And it feels just more... Slightly more aggressive, and, and but not in a overt, like, crazy amount of dashes and lines and creases and snarliness like some of the muscle cars use as their way to get there. It just felt really solid in that way. And then the dash, just not seeing vents, it just... It felt... It feels like a spaceship. And, and we got to sit in a Model X afterwards, um, and... We got to sit in the way back of the Model X and it was a white interior and it felt like we were in this spaceship. And <laughs> like, I think the Model 3 is going to feel even more like that. And, and that even though it's just a regular steering wheel and it's just, you know, we've all seen what it looks like. I do feel like there's something about the modernity of that lack of stuff that is and so much glass is just really going to feel fresh and it's not going to feel like another car that you could have. Like there's no other car that has that approach and so i'm more excited for that and i more believe that's going to work um, because there's no buttons there's like it like the same <laughs> premise for the iphone that well we can just fix it later like an iphone 4 an iphone 3 even the original iphone still looks like you could you could use that phone i mean you wouldn't want to because the performance doesn't work but isn't as good but from the physical design of that phone i would still be i would still be happy if i was stuck with the iphone one but i had the iphone 7 performance and that is just pretty remarkable and so you think about well what else could you take out of the car there aren't too many more things i mean there's the steering wheel and then like that's kind I mean, maybe you could get rid of the screen, but, but they they're really fighting hard to remove everything that's extraneous and push everything into the screen. And so I really do believe that is like the logical, like they basically just jumped to the logical end and pulled that forward. And it's really exciting because that's my general point of view about how most products should be. And they've just sort of gotten rid of all the legacy ports as it were, like in one fell swoop. Yeah, it definitely had sort of a Apple Johnny Ive or or I guess even going back further, like a Braun uh, Dieter Rams uh, look to it where yeah. you could imagine that Tesla logo on the front being replaced with like a Braun logo and you'd be like, oh, yeah, I could see that. That's a Braun car. Yeah. And to your point earlier about and one of the things Franz has talked about in the past about his inspiration of cars from the 50s and 60s, 
them just sort of being very true to themselves and having really nice sculpted body panels and smooth looking like and being very aerodynamic built in and then also having dashboards that are very simple i mean there weren't that many gauges back in the 50s and 60s because you didn't have much going on in the car and there were a couple switches and that was it and you know we were driving over in my car uh on the way over and one thing we were remarking on (laughs) is that the radio is being displayed on this screen and it's so skeuomorphic because they're showing like a radio dial (laughs) that was my favorite thing i couldn't get over it it was crazy i mean they have all these little tick marks indicating sort of an analog radio tuner uh it was like on the old boom box i had in the 80s where you would turn the dial and this little thing would slide down like yeah. vertically across the or horizontally across the the dial yeah yeah and it was like holy moly this is someone thought this was great and this is in a mercedes and it's like <laughs> what is going on here so from that like small little detail to then going and looking at the mall three it was like yes please bring that to me today i want that now and I bet they're not going to have to do that much on the interior uh, from a, you know, general interaction point of view, as long as that screen works. And I feel like they've got a lot of evidence proof in the Model S and X that, you know, having a screen be the primary mode is is a viable solution. Yeah. And I think what's interesting, too, is is much like uh, like you mentioned with the iPhone, where the, the hardware itself isn't super dated. Uh, and that the what's displayed on the screen is what tells you kind of orients you into where you are in the product evolution and if you have an iphone say like an iphone 5 and you know we're on currently on the iphone 7 uh, you've still gotten all the ios updates so like what's displayed on the screen has evolved over time so even though you bought an iphone 5 or 5s or whatever like four years ago it still looks on the screen exactly like what a new one gets and i think for Tesla, what's really interesting is if the really the only interface to the car is this screen, then as they push over the air updates over time, is that the car that you bought in 2018, you know, is going to get an update in like 2019 and 2020. And it's going to, for all intents and purposes, look like the Teslas that are rolling off the line in 2020. And I think that's kind of, I guess that's a one way of achieving timelessness is that the the sort of primary interface between you and the vehicle is updating itself over time and keeping it current yeah exactly and if you think about some of the most timeless vehicles of like the the porsche 911 um or even some of like the uh the lincoln continentals for a while sort of had a look um some of the cadillacs from the 50s through the 60s even through the early 70s um they they generally don't change the exterior shape very much. They'll do slight adjustments to the headlights and the taillights. But if you were to ask someone to sketch a 911, they'd be able to sketch it for you. And I think one of the things that we didn't get to talk about too much yet, but maybe we should talk about in the future a little bit more, is just that because Tesla just has three models right now, and they'll add a couple more, but sort of a small sedan, a large sedan, an SUV, that they will coalesce around a shape for those and they'll just keep refining those and they don't need to have these crazy model year gimmicks to get people to come into the showroom to see what's new um, because it's just new still and they just have so many more people wanting to try a tesla that (laughs) the similar way that the model s except for the refresh of the front fascia really has has been relatively stable 
since it launched, and that's many more years than most cars get without a refresh, like a major design refresh. And yeah, I think that is one way, if people like your product, one way to keep it timeless is to really not mess with the, the core principles of, of its shape and design and not just changing it for the, shape, for the sake of changing it, but really figuring out, well, what shape should it be for the design problems you're trying to solve versus it just being some stylistic choice. Um, and you look at a lot of cars from the 80s, uh, they, don't, they didn't age very well. Um, <laughs> and so hopefully the Model 3 will age a little bit better, especially because the car could run for a lot longer. Um, are you saying you don't want to buy a K car? No, I don't. I don't want to buy that. Uh, so what did we do after? We, yeah, uh, one, we have one more thing. We have one more thing before we wrap up. So, so after we left, we were, we were driving around trying to, uh, trying to find the, the test track behind the factory. There's a sort of a compressed figure eight oval type test track behind there. Um, and yeah, so we all piled into the car, Caleb, uh, Anderbeck, Russell, and me, and we all piled in. And we went to the test track, and after a little bit of trial and error, we found it. Uh, we were running alongside the uh, railroad depot that's behind the, the Tesla factory. Yeah, which apparently is not Tesla land, so we weren't right. You know, right, we didn't have to land. We were avoiding the uh, the Model X security vehicles. So if you if you go to the the factory in Fremont, all of the security vehicles, like the mall cops, basically that drive around the parking lots, are all in uh, white Model Xs with red T on the door that say security. <laughs> yes, uh, which is kind of funny. Uh, but yeah, so we we ran there and we we as we parked and, and got up there, we saw one other guy standing just randomly in the field looking over the uh, what was going on. And as we got closer, it all dawned it dawned on all of us that oh my god, there's two Model 3s right there. Yeah. There, there was a Model X, an S, and two Model 3s, uh, I think a silver and a red yeah, or maroon. I think, so. I think so, yeah. And yeah, so we all freaked out, and we all started sprinting and ran and jammed our cameras in the little holes in the chain link fence <laughs> and just started shooting. Uh, and yeah, it was it was really exciting. They were kind of parked like a, like you'd see in a, in a cop movie where they just kind of pull up side by side, and they're talking through the driver's side window to each other. Yep. And unfortunately, all we had were iPhones with their wide angle lenses and not, none of us thought to bring uh any of the telephoto lenses or uh drones that are in our possession. Uh so so all we have are are some very, very distant shots and, and some uh high resolution 4K but somewhat distant video. Uh but it was it was really cool to see them so see them driving around and uh yeah, what did you think? Yeah, it was just fun. I mean, I, I would just say that it was a lot of fun and exciting and thrilling to uh, go over to the track and see them uh, on the track and sort of run over there and go down and try and get some photos. And they sort of skirmished, like they scurried off. And then uh, <laughs> the, one of them sort of, one of the silver Model 3s sort of did a little bit of a figure eight and then accelerated away. And then we were just waiting there, waiting there, waiting there. And then we saw a car come by and like, ah, oh, darn it, it's just a Model S. And, and then it was a Model <laughs> X and... They were, uh, there were definitely a bunch of cars out there and, uh, sort of having, uh, testing out on the track. And again, this was like Saturday at five o'clock in the afternoon, evening time. So, you know, 
they are definitely testing these vehicles uh, a lot and uh, on weekends. And so there was stuff happening. And I, I have to believe they, they noticed we were there, uh, or I, <laughs> I, I tend to believe they noticed we were there and went over to a different part of the track. So hopefully we didn't get anyone uh, mess up their plans too much. But um, there were some other people on the day before us who got some good video and Electrek and a couple others uh, got some video and footage and Trevor from the Model 3 Owners Club and Robert from Talking Tesla and a couple others got photos and video. So, I mean, everyone's seen lots of videos and photos of them all three now. So that's not unique. It was just sort of fun to do and really geeky and really Tesla fanboy ish, I guess. Um, but uh, it was just cool and uh, just kind of neat to know they've got this test track, test track to, uh, <laughs> to, to use and validate. And those are some pretty steep banks. Uh, yeah, it's really jammed in there. Yeah. Definitely quite compressed. Um, and they did have speed limits on the test track. I think 80 miles an hour was the speed limit I saw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was very cool and a, and a really fun sort of thrilling, uh, felt like little kids kind of with our noses pressed up against the glass, uh, or I guess in this fa- in this case, a, a chain link fence. But uh, yeah, yeah it, had, it had a little bit of a, kind of a illicit feeling to it where we were kind of running through we scared off a, a jackrabbit who, who yeah. ran out of the out of the weeds <laughs> somehow kind of... somehow i would just sort of feel like it was like the sandlot that movie I don't yeah know. yeah you're killing me smalls yeah and there's a dog on the other side who's gonna eat us um <laughs> so all in all uh thank you very much to the tesla geeks for inviting us to the event thank you for tesla for putting it on it was definitely a lot of fun it was great meeting a whole bunch of people uh very fun to be able to see the car uh even though it's not the final car in person and hopefully, uh, for those of you who are still listening, uh, you were able to vicariously experience the event a little bit through us. And um, yeah, yeah, you I, posted the they gave us a little uh, design poster, too, with some some of like Franz's original sketches of what the Model S would look like. That was that was pretty cool. And it came in a little Tesla folio, which was very the, the folio itself was the coolest way that like it wasn't just in a little folder or something. It was in this basically uh, what's mimicking a uh, designer's portfolio with a little handle and it was just made out of paper and embossed or yeah. Yeah, it was like it was it was yeah, it was a a nice cardstock and it was laminated and it was embossed with with Tesla. Yeah, it was was pretty nice. Yeah, pretty nice. So, um, yeah, if uh, if anyone has any other questions, we'll we'll try and answer them. But you can reach us on uh, Twitter at the Tesla show. Uh, You can uh, contact us on our website, the com. We have comments on each episode as well as a way to privately message us. And then if you use Reddit and like Reddit, we also have a subreddit where we post the episodes and have some discussion happening there at r slash the Tesla show. Um, so next week we will be discussing the upcoming uh, earnings, uh, well, shareholders um, meeting, which I believe will be happening the day this episode releases. So, Oh, um, wow. We don't usually do teasers like that. That This is something new. I feel very confident that's what we will be talking about. So I'm, I'm confident we'll, we'll do that and... We'll not right. change our, our mode. So we're teasing next episode. will be <laughs> definitely be the shareholder meeting. Awesome. Well, once again, yeah, th- huge thanks to Honor Beck and Russell for inviting yes. us. That was really fun. Uh, and it was really great meeting those guys. Uh, and yeah, it was, it was, it was very, a very cool way to, uh, to spend a Saturday. All right. Talk to you later, Mike. All right. Bye. Bye.